on today's show, the Dallas Mavericks fall to the Golden State Warriors without Luka Doncic. So how do you really evaluate a game like this? What do we see? What do we see from Josh Green, from Jaden Hardy, from some of the young guys? What do we see from them? And then we'll talk about the latest. The rumors about the Dallas Mavericks. The Clippers may be interested. How can the Mavericks benefit from that? Talk about that and more in today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Mavs your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below. Let us know what's one reason why the Mavericks lost this game. What's something you want to see from them going forward? This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Isaac Harris out. Luka Doncic out. Christian Wood out. Maxi Kleba still out. Davis Bertans out as well. JaVale McGee is essentially out. Mavericks lose to the Warriors. We'll talk about that game. Talk about how do you evaluate a, a game without Luka this late in the season? What are you looking for? And then we'll talk about Mark Stein's report that the Clippers are interested in a couple Mavericks players, or at least a Mavericks player and a Mavericks target. So we'll talk about that. But let's get into this game. Dallas Mavericks fall to the Warriors, 119 to 113. Again, no Luka, no Christian Wood, no Maxi. Davis doesn't play. JaVale McGee uh, essentially is a is a out for this team now. If he's not playing against the team that the Mavericks want, needed a center against, like, okay, we need to win the rebounding battle against this team. Let's sign JaVale McGee. And he doesn't play in this game, then he's just not going to play. Like, it's just never going to happen. It's never going to materialize. We've turned the corner on the JaVale McGee. It's just never going to happen. But no Luka, no Christian Wood. Mavericks two leading scorers out. You're back to the same offense. And this Mavericks team... Classic, classic, classic. Don't have their stars, go down big, fight back, end up losing the game in crunch time. Mavericks just did this to the Pelicans. The Pelicans come into Dallas. They have weird travel stuff. They have, um, you know, no Zion. Ingram's coming back from injury. And the Mavericks build up a big lead. And then the Pelicans cut it all the way back down to three. This is like exactly what happened in that game, except for the reverse. And the Mavericks end up losing this game and being on the losing end couple of big questions, though, coming out of this game, I think. Uh, what is Josh Green going forward? Why did Josh Green not close this game? I think that's something that I want to get into. And uh, what were the Mavericks doing? <laughs> this is maybe the question. Jason Kidd did a lot of different things in this game. He, When you look at this game, you're like, all right, what can I take from this? What are some good moments that you want to see from this team? First quarter, the Mavericks go down big. The Warriors come out to an a 11-2 start. The Warriors were winning. And then... You know, just some struggling for the Mavericks offensively. The Warriors are really good defending at home. They're like the fourth best team defending at home. They're the 28th best team defending on the road. It's this weird, like, difference where they're just allowing a much better three-point percentage on the road than they are at home. They lock down on the threes at home, and they allow 40% on the road. It's just a weird thing that the Warriors are doing this year. Warriors build up a 22-10 lead in the first quarter. And the Mavericks fight back. Two minutes after that, Mavericks are down 21 to 24. Good fought back section from the Mavericks there. 
And so you really got to see some guys step up. You saw some of the bench unit guys step up. You saw, um, you, you know, you saw uh, <laughs> who came in in that section. It's hard to kind of like parse through who was, who was in these lineups because they were all just, it was mixed up. We saw, we didn't see the exact rotations we've been seeing, which is probably good for this Mavericks team. Um, but you saw that that unit fo- like fight back in this in this section. Tim Hardaway Jr. had a good shooting night. Finally, we finally saw Tim Hardaway Jr. break off some of that rust. He uh, seven of sixteen from the field, five of ten from three, which is the big one for him. Twenty two points for Tim Hardaway Jr. He's had he's been shooting the ball just awfully. He started the season shooting awful for about a month and a half. Then he was on fire for about a month and a half, shooting like forty two percent from three, which is great for him, especially the shots he takes. And then the last you know, four weeks or so, he's been shooting the ball just awfully. Like, just having a terrible time. Maybe this is the time when, when Tim Hardaway Jr. turns the corner. Maybe this is a time where he goes gets is streaky again. I just think we're, we're coming up to the trade deadline. I think he played a lot in this game because they wanted to, and they, he's been playing a lot lately. They're trying to showcase him. They're trying to boost up his stats a little bit. So, he can find another spot for him. I think it's time that the, I think the Tim Hardaway Jr. experience in Dallas is is coming to an end here at the trade deadline. If they don't find a trade for him, I think after the, the trade deadline, I think Josh Green should start for Tim Hardaway Jr. I think we're, we're at that point now. I don't know if Jason Kidd will do it. I know he likes to go with veterans. We saw that in this game. He went with all the veterans, even though Josh Green, I thought, was playing better than some of them. But I think that's something they have to go to. So Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Green then. Josh Green, I thought, played a great game. It's a great example of why you can't just look at a box score and say, who had a good game, who didn't have a good game. Josh Green, 5 of 12 from the field. Eh, 0 of 4 from 3, bad. So hits a couple of those. The field goal percentage looks a lot better, but still missed all those threes. 2 of 4 from the free throw line. 4 assists, great. Incredible number for, for Josh Green because that passing is something that really makes the offense move. I've called him like the oil of the offense for the Mavericks at times. Five fouls. He was really aggressive on defense. He was really playing aggressive. I thought that he did a great job on Jordan Poole. He didn't do anything in this game. He was one of six. Josh Green, I thought, did a good job on him. He was a good matchup for him. Clay Thompson really didn't have a great game either. Four of 11. Josh Green had something to do with that. And then you have uh, you know, his, Josh Green's plus minus. If you just looked at the individual plus minus, which plus minus is when you're in the in the game, how much does the other team outscore you or how much do you outscore the other team? So... Dorian Finney-Smith was a plus 10 tonight. The Mavericks outscored the Warriors by 10 points when Dorian was on the floor. Josh Greens was a minus 28. <laughs> so if you just looked at the box score, you'd see minus 28. Oh, he must have played terribly. Nobody else is even close. Dinwiddie was the next closest, and he was a minus 8. Some of that is because at the end of the game, the Mavericks went on a little bit of a run. Josh Green wasn't out there, so he didn't benefit from, from some of that. And so you can't just look at that one number, I don't think. You have to put it into context. And you, have, you always have to put pop, like single game plus minus into context too. So but from Josh Green, I was curious as to why he didn't close this game. I thought he was playing defense well. I thought that he was moving the ball. The Mavericks desperately, desperately needed to move the ball around in this game because you got to get these Warriors players moving around. you got to get them to, you know, you got to get Kuminga to be out of, out of his spot. you got to get Ty Jerome to be, you know, disadvantaged on defense. You got to get Draymond kind of out of the play. Like you have to move these guys around. You can't just play this set. Dinwiddie iso the ball at the top of the key. McKinley Wright came in and started isoing the ball at the top of the key. I'm like, what are we doing? Like really at this point, we're playing the third stringers. McKinley Wright, a two-way contract is out there running the same offense that Luca and Dinwiddie run. (laughs) Even it's, it's even too much for Dinwiddie. Like we just can't have that same offense. It's been something I've been harping on 
for this whole season. I've been Derek Harpering, harping on this whole offensive scheme for the whole season because it's just one player isos and everybody else gets out of the way. You run a double drag. You run, you know, Luca starts in the corner and then comes up and, and uh, dribble handoff. Like, it's just, it's, that's all it is. That's all this offense has been. You saw it directly in this game when McKinley Wright came in and started running that same thing. And it was like everything was running through McKinley Wright. Thought he did a decent job. Was he, he was two of seven. Uh, he had five assists. He had five points. Thought he did a decent job for what they asked him to do. But you, you can't just be keep asking the players to do that same kind of thing. You can't ask them to do what Luka can do, right? And I think that's one of the big, biggest frustrations I have about this Mavericks team right now uh, outside of you know maybe the, like the roster construction and some of that. So, but Tim Mario Jr. had a good moment. Josh Green had some really good activity in this game. There's there's third quarter, Josh Green, middle of the third quarter, he had an ISO drive right on Draymond where he scored. He had a possession after that where he got, caught the ball in traffic, landed under the rim, and then tossed the ball. It looked like he was going to go to the corner, but he saw the defender go to the corner instead of going to Tim Hardaway, and he got it to Tim Hardaway. And then he then Tim Hardaway Jr. hit that shot, so that was an assist for for Josh Green, and then he had another play where he got a steal, and then Draymond fouled him right away because Josh was in a good position. He just had some really great plays. He had another and one at the beginning of the fourth quarter that got the Mavs within nine. He just had some really nice plays. He can just do a bunch of different things. The progression and the development of Josh Green has been awesome. It's been great to see. I wish he would have closed the game in this one. I think they really could have used his ball movement. I think they could have used his defense, um, but they decided to go with Tim because he was actually shooting the ball well for once. They decided to go with Reggie. Reggie had a decent game, one of three from from three, but got six rebounds, three assists, a couple of steals. And so he was doing some stuff, but I I would have much rather seen Josh Green instead of either of those two guys in this game. We'll see what happens after the trade deadline. Coming up, let's talk about who else we saw in this game. What did we see from the third string lineup, the Jaden Hardys, the A.J. Lawsons, those guys. And then we'll talk about the rumor that uh, Mark Stein put on on, uh, his newsletter. We'll talk about that coming up. This year, the only app you need for your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. You can check it out for the Super Bowl. They have all kinds of different things for the Super Bowl and for all kinds of odds. You have the no sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on anything from the money line, point spreads, who will score a touchdown, all that kind of stuff. Check it out for the Super Bowl. Right now they have the Eagles minus one and a half favorite against the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, not a favorite in the Super Bowl. Feels like a mistake. Kind of feels like a mistake. So if you think it's a mistake too, go check it out. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no sweat first bet at Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, Isaac, let's keep talking about this Dallas Mavericks loss to the Warriors. No Luka, no Wood. We talked about why did Josh Green not close the game. We talked about how he played pretty well in this game. But we saw a bunch of guys that we don't normally see in this game. We saw lineups we don't really see. McKinley Wright played about 14 minutes. Jaden Hardy played 13 minutes. A.J. Lawson played 11 minutes. That's got to be the most we've seen A.J. Lawson by, like, that double A.J. Lawson's minutes this year. A.J. Lawson coming into this. Had played 25 minutes for the Mavericks, so not doubled, but it was a ha- it was about half of the minutes he's played. We haven't seen him play any more than seven minutes in that Portland game. We saw him a little bit more. What do we see from these guys? Well, 
McKinley Wright, he was running the offense just like Dinwiddie and Luca. I mentioned that in the first segment. It is weird to me that he was running the offense like that, and that's what was, was drawn up. But I thought he did a decent job, missed some shots, but I thought his process was pretty good. I love his activity on defense, a couple of rebounds. Uh, had a couple of turnovers. Again, missed some shots. But, you know, you just like what he sees. You just, I just wish that he could shoot the three. <laughs> it's still, it's like the only, I'm going to keep harping on that because. It's the thing that's really holding them back. He's active on defense. He can dribble the ball. He can he can handle a pick and roll, which is really nice to see from somebody else on this Mavericks team besides Luca and uh, and Dinwiddie. And uh, and then yeah, he had some decent moments in this game. Jaden Hardy, three of eight from the field, missed four threes. He only hit one of his, his five threes, which is not good. Went to the free throw line a couple of times, hit all of his threes or hit all of his free throws, and then you know had a, an assist, turnover, a couple of fouls that were bad. The defense from Jaden Hardy is still what's going to keep him out, but I kind of think for Jaden Hardy, there's just a couple of moments in, in this game specifically that stood out to me as, okay, this is the problem from for Jaden Hardy for the whole season so far, is that he plays so inconsistently that he doesn't really, he's a rhythm player, and so the shooting, you kind of understand why he's not you know, lights out from three just by playing inconsistent minutes all the time. But I think defensively, he's got to find a feel for how to play defense, especially in this Maverick system, and find figure out where he needs to be. It took Christian Wood a long time to figure out where he needs to be in this Maverick system. It took the Mavericks last year, all the Mavericks last year, a while to figure out where they need to be in this system and how to communicate and all that. So for Jaden Hardy, you saw a couple of times in this game where he's just out of position defensively. He just doesn't know where to be, and I kind of wonder if not having consistent playing time, even just 10 minutes a game, like even if Hardy was playing 10 minutes a game, I think that would help him to just just get a feel every night. Just get a little bit, learn something every night. Get a little bit of a feel. But instead, you look at what Hardy's playing, and it's like, okay, here are the last, here are the last like ten games for Hardy. So he plays thirteen minutes tonight, which felt like a lot. Ten minutes against the Pelicans, five, five, and five against the Pistons, Jazz, Suns, DNPCD against the Wizards, against the Clippers. Eight minutes against the. The Heat, four minutes against the Hawks, 27 minutes against the, the Blazers, where he scores 25 points. That was a good one. 10 minutes against the Blazers the first time, five minutes. Like, you're just going through this, and you're like, it's just so inconsistent that it doesn't seem like he's getting enough playing time to really get a feel and get a, get a rhythm and figure out how to play in this defense. We're not seeing him defensively get really any better, which is not good, and so this is one of the reasons why I think that he needs to play a little bit more consistently if the Mavericks expect anything from him throughout this season. If not, if they don't, if they just think, hey – we think he's too far out, off. He'll be better next year with another year of development in the with the NBA team. We think he'll make a Josh Green type of leap where can't really play a lot last year and then can play this year, like next year. Then it is what it is for the Mavericks, and maybe that's what they think. But if I'm wanting J- Jaden Hardy to actually play a role for this team and maybe even play some playoff minutes, then I gotta I gotta have him play a little bit more consistently. AJ Lawson, we saw some good stuff from him. I like his game. He's he's athletic. He hit a three. He you know he hit another shot. You have him uh, out. In, he can run out in space. Got a couple of rebounds there. He played some some uh, extended minutes. I thought into the fourth quarter because that that this lineup with you know Hardy and Lawson and, and McKinley Wright were playing really well. They were getting back into the game. So I thought Jason Kidd made the right choice there to keep those guys in for that activity, that energy. They just need some new life. It feels like I thought AJ Lawson and then brought some new life into this. So we'll see what happens with AJ Lawson. Doesn't seem like he's going to be a big part of anything going forward, but we're looking to see some more development. Again, maybe this is something they take into next year. 
he develops a little bit more. If he can hit a consistent shot, be active on defense, he could have a role. Like the, like the Mavericks can develop some of these guys and have a role in this team going forward. All right, that's all I got on this Warriors game because, oh boy. Hey, we, we got more Jaden Hardy than Frank Nilakina. We got more McKinley Wright than Frank Nilakina. I think that's a positive for, for what Isaac's been asking for or what I've been asking for. People forget about Frank. Mm. Let's let's talk about <laughs> People forget about Frank. Mm. <laughs> Why did I just now notice that Isaac, hmm, at the end of this? People forget about Frank. Mm. That's Isaac just like, hmm. Probably in disbelief that that's what was just said to us. That's that 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 drop, by the way, is at our media day interview with Nico Harrison. I know he said it in other places, but the one that I think that people are talking about a lot is from our interview. Um, all right, let's talk about Mark Stein had a rumor from the Clippers that the Clippers are seeking to upgrade both their front court and back court before the deadline. I've heard two names that the Clippers have been monitoring for their respective searches: Dallas's Christian Wood and Minnesota's D'Angelo Russell. So the Dallas Mavericks don't think that they're going to re-sign Christian Wood. They don't think he's part of their long-term future. They're interested in maybe a two-year deal, but they don't want to sign him to a four-year deal. They just don't want to commit to him that long. And if he's going to go for nothing this summer, which he could, he's an expiring deal. D'Angelo Russell in the same kind of situation with the Timberwolves. He's been playing a lot, like really well for them. So maybe they will want to re-sign him, but he's making $30 million this year. So what, what are they going to re-sign him for? Clippers are looking at both of these situations and say, hey, if, if they're going to lose him for nothing, We'll just give you something. I was going to send some some trades back and forth. And like, there's a lot of three team deals that you could see the Mavs, the Jazz, and the Clippers all come together and do like a Clippers get Conley and Christian Wood. They send a first to the Jazz. The Mavs get like Jared Vanderbilt and Reggie Jackson. Covington and Kennard go to the Jazz or something like that. You, you could see a trade kind of articulate where the Mavericks get maybe another wing. They maybe get another guard that they need. They don't lose Christian Wood for nothing. And they can actually get something. So this Clippers rumor is actually kind of interesting because it brings another team in. Clippers are also rumored to be a team in on Kyrie Irving. I could definitely see the Mavericks as a third team facilitating. All right, we'll send Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway to the to the Nets. And we're not getting Kyrie back. We're getting the Clippers players that they were going to send that may help us better than what would, they would help the Nets. And so that's something I could see. Or the first-round picks go to – or a first-round pick goes to the, the Clippers instead of the Mavs or something like that where the Clippers get Kyrie. If the Clippers get Kyrie, that's one of the all-time, well, but if it all works, <laughs> it's one of the all-time, well, if they can all stay healthy, Kyrie can stay on the court. That is three, like, injury-prone guys in Kawhi, Paul George, and then Kyrie. And you just can't trust Kyrie to even stay on the court. So that would be a really interesting one. But I could see the Mavericks as a third team getting in on some of this. They, they got to make some – I think they'll make some kind of move. There's all these kind of options. What's it going to be? We'll see what happens to the Mavericks, but the Clippers are looking into uh, Christian Wood and D'Angelo Russell. Mavericks could get in on a D'Angelo Russell move too. They could get in on, on as, as the third team because the Timberwolves want to want a guard back. Like they they need another guard. They can't just get rid of D'Angelo Russell and then not have a replacement. They're a little like the Mavericks in that sense. They, they got to have some kind of other ball handler. They can't just get rid get rid of D'Angelo Russell for like a Christian Wood type. Then what do you do? <laughs> then how does that team run an offense or? you know, figure out how to handle the ball. Like it's just, it's just Anthony Edwards. <laughs> that would be the answer for them at that point. So it'll be interesting to see what the, what the Clippers end up doing, what the Mavericks end up doing. If there is any kind of talk between the two of them, but 
Uh, yeah, there you go. That's the rumor. We will continue to have podcasts for you every single day. We'll have a podcast for you tomorrow talking about the latest rumors, some of our latest trade ideas, all the way through the trade deadline. We'll, we'll have one for you. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, making us your first listen of the day, Make, being part of the show. We appreciate you guys. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.